My friend Judd Legum joins us today. Judd is one of the experts on Fox News. He understands how they run, how they operate, how they make their money, and how hypocritical, dark, and dangerous they are in this country. He is the editor of the very popular newsletter, Popular Information. I really recommend that it. it's absolutely terrific. It's on Substack, and it is a wealth of information and knowledge about this sort of vast MAGA media machine and with Fox as a big focus. Really, really hope you will enjoy this conversation today because I always learn a lot when I talk to Judd. And he is, as I said, one of the experts on one of the great dangers to our democracy, Fox News. There was also maintained what was called an enemy's list. Democrats want Republicans dead. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. <laughs> I'm Rick Wilson, and this is The Enemies List. Look, the weekend review was washed away at the end of last week. No matter what else happened, nothing matters now, except the fact that Trump's about to get indicted and that he's trying to burn the country down while he's at it. So the weekend review last week, really, that was the note that changed the, the entire tone. It is going to define the way politics goes for the next few weeks in this country. And as the year continues on, it's going to continue to show just what a grip he has on the Republican Party. What we saw immediately coming out of the rumors and news that the indictment was coming down from District Attorney Alvin Bragg in New York was a reaction across every part of the spectrum of the MAGA media and political and organizational front. And you'll notice how quickly they all got on the same message. Oh, Alvin Bragg, who, hint, hint, is a black guy. He's a creature of George Soros, hint, hint, the Jewish guy. And this entire framework of that Trump is being only charged because the black guy working for the Jewish guy did it, it should shock the shit out of Americans. It should. It should shock and disgust everyone. But it doesn't. Because right now, just as we always see with Trump, and as we saw last week and over the weekend, the spectacle that he wants and craves and desires, even if it's a negative spectacle, will always be for his ego. But the cost of that spectacle, as it was last week and as it is ground to into this week, is that it unleashes the darkest parts of the MAGA movement. And the anti-Semitism and the racial element of it and the desire to burn down institutions and the desire to use Congress as, ironically, maybe you've heard them bitching about weaponization, the, the desire to use Congress as a weapon to stop an investigation of Trump, you are seeing an outright assault across every part of the spectrum on the Republic. You're seeing an assault led by Donald Trump, but enabled by everyone else down the chain, including, by the way, Fox News, which has made the turn. So last week, <laughs> it was a big week before, but the indictment story has washed away everything else. I think we're going to be focused on this for the next couple of weeks. And with that, let's get on with the show.
So Judd, thank you so much for coming on the enemies list today. And I wanted to start out with a topic that everybody in the political space has been fascinated with for the last couple of weeks. And that's the crisis at Fox that's going on because of the revelations in the Dominion lawsuit. But I also wanted to talk to you more broadly about what the fuck does America do about this network that's eating us alive from the inside out? So with that, Judd Legum, welcome. And, uh, and, and let's talk Fox. Happy to. Happy to be here. So to start with, what is the impact from your from your read on where this Dominion voting crisis and the revelations of what Fox really thinks inside the House, where do you think that has left Fox with its own audience? And and where do you think it is, has sort of reshaped their sense of, of where their uh, role in the political ecosystem is right now? Yeah, I think there's two important things that are going on. One is really the basis of the suit, which is, did Fox News know that these claims about Dominion voting machines were total BS? Were they aware of that and then knowingly put on the lies anyway? Seems like there's a lot of evidence that that's the case. Could end up costing Fox News quite a bit of money. Uh, What's been interesting particularly to me, is something that's not really at the center of the lawsuit, but we're learning about through all of these disclosures through the discovery process, which is that beyond Dominion, Fox News is pushing things it knows not to be true or saying things, the hosts are saying things that they themselves don't believe to the listeners because the focus is on what can we say to juice our ratings and to keep our listeners happy whether or not we believe it or that it's true. Uh, and so I think anyone who looks at this would would re- recognize that Fox News is not a news channel and is really kind of a, we, we all do as a propaganda network, but a, a network with a lot of contempt uh, for its own audience. I don't think though, and this is what Fox News has going for it, I don't think this is really penetrated into the Fox News audience itself. Where would they hear it? (laughs) One, because Fox News News won't discuss this lawsuit on Fox News, and and it's an insular group that they've created a bubble. Right. And I I think that that idea that that where would they hear it if it's not on Fox News, they're not going to hear it. They're not going to know about it. And, you know, it's not going to penetrate because they're – they really are at the very pinnacle of this gigantic far right and MAGA right media ecosystem, right? I mean, they are they are so they're they're so normative in terms of like what everybody else ends up covering, including all the wannabes like OAN and Newsmax. I mean, Fox is still at at at, at, at its scale. There's nothing even vaguely like it. Yeah, I think that's a huge advantage for it. Now, I think the question is, as this lawsuit continues to grind away as we get more and more of these text messages. I mean, some of this has to be slowly, slowly seeping through. I mean, there are people who do watch Fox News and and maybe watch another <laughs> network or read something else or on the internet, on Twitter. Um, and if they end up continuing this lawsuit, if they lose the lawsuit and end up having to pay billions right. of dollars to Dominion and people start asking questions about why this is, could it over time, you know, erode uh, their the trust with their audience? I think that's something that, if I was in Fox, I'd certainly be concerned mm-hmm. about. Um, but you know, I think it's it's a very open question at, at this point. I think for any other news network, 
if this was CNN, if this was MSNBC, if this was anyone, any news outlet at all, this would be a death knell. I mean, this would be the end of that right. news network because they would be ex- exposed as total frauds. I think Fox News has at least the capacity to, you know, potentially uh, weather this. But I think even for even for them, it's going to be difficult just because of how uh, blatant a lot of this double speak mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, misdirection I mean, was. Can you imagine a scenario where if text messages from MSNBC came out and they said, I can't stand these liberal, hardcore progressives. Oh, I can't stand these these pro-choice people or these gun control. Can you imagine what the right would do with that kind of revelation? They would burn the building to the ground. Yeah, I think I think the right would do sure, it and the right, left would exactly. do it too. I mean, I think everyone, I mean, it would, you, you would have nowhere to turn. I mean, that's, that's the issue when you have, when this is a situation with Fox News, which is effectively still a, a pro-Trump network and you have their top host, Tucker Carlson, saying that he passionately mm-hmm. hates Trump um, and you know feels like he's really destroying the country by not coming uh, to the inauguration, pushing lies about uh, the election. And then simultaneously, literally sometimes the same day he's sending these text messages to colleagues, sometimes it's the day after or two days after, going to his audience and saying, oh, you know, these Trump haters uh, full of, you know, white guilt and, uh, you know, just elitists, uh, you know, that's who they are. Uh, it's, it's really, you know, kind of incredible. Well, it is. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I think that the irony of this coming from, you know, the, the, the calls are coming from inside the house has shaken one of the other things that people don't fully understand. And I don't think they fully even got, I knew, I think people always knew there was a separation between the day side of Fox and the, you know, Fox and friends in the morning and then the nighttime programming with its very ideological space. I don't think people understood just how much Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram and Tucker and the Fox and friends people hate the rest of the news gathering parts of Fox. And while while their news gathering side is not like pure as the driven snow, it struck me how much they just loathe the rest of those people at Fox. Yeah, I think they were very unhappy uh, with any any effort to to fact check, any effort to question at all uh, what was going on. You know, I think one thing that struck me was you know that they were upset that you know some uh, reporter's tone wasn't right when he was 
covering one of you know Trump's rants just after mm-hmm. the election about how uh, it was stolen and you know trying to even get these folks right. fired uh, in some cases uh, because they weren't towing the line, not because they actually disagreed substantively with them. They, 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 they did actually agree on the substance that Trump was full of it. And there was nothing to back up any of these claims, but they were primarily not concerned about that. They were primarily concerned about the ratings. And although, as you correctly noted, they dominate Newsmax and OAN still, there was an open question after that 2020 election. Right. And those networks were quickly gaining steam and gaining momentum. And I think there was a real and, and their and their ratings were going down because they weren't providing this kind of right. they, weren't, they weren't feeding the you know? crazy. And that was <clears throat> and that's really what we've been able to to sort of peek behind the curtain and see how that was that was negotiated. And and I think at the end of the day, the all the most powerful people at Fox decided that they would just play along with this because the most important thing for them was to maintain those ratings. You know, it, just, it strikes me over and over again the parallel between the Republican Party and and Fox. They are they they built an audience. They built this bespoke machine. They built this handcrafted audience, and they trained it, and they shaped it, and they and and they fed it the 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 the, the crazy chow for years and years and years, and now they're trapped. It's like the Republican Party after the sort of Palin Tea Party era fed and fed and and I was one of the people that fed it. I folks listening, I fully confess my sins. But Fox fed that audience, and now it's really turned on them, hasn't it? I mean, it's just really the 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 idea that that they're insufficiently loyal to an insane theory and insufficiently you know covering the J six Patriots and all that other stuff. It really, I mean, while there's no substitute yet. They're trapped in the room with crazy people that they don't like. They would love to have a better audience, I think. Yeah, well, I think they spent many years building up Trump and establishing him as an authority figure, not presenting him as someone who would ever not mm-hmm. tell the truth, You know, def- defending even his most outrageous comments. And that's, I think, really at the heart of this is that Trump is pushing a lot of this. And of course, he's the one pushing the the 2020, um, the, the fact that you know, the idea, the, the false idea that the 2020 election right. was stolen. Uh, but but even be, well beyond that, you know, all sorts of conspiracy theories, of course, the stuff around January 6th and, and what really happened. And, you know, and now they really aren't able to control it because if Trump pushes that narrative, they have to play along. Even though I think the symbiotic relationship between Trump and Fox News has ruptured slightly somewhat because they don't really want him coming on to the mm-hmm. network and saying a bunch of outrageous things uh, probably because they're afraid you know they they've got significant legal liability at this point their audience is still listening to him and their audience still expects Fox News to continue to follow his lead. Right. So I think that's really the dynamic. They 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 helped create Trump. They put him up on this pedestal. And now it's just, it's well beyond. Uh, Do you think control. Rupert, I mean, look, Rupert is, 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 you know, he does not have five years left, most likely. Rupert's at the very last, you know, stages of his dance. <clears throat> and this, this idea that he said, I'm going to make Trump an, a non-person. We're going to remove him. I mean, I, 
even Rupert, who has this enormous power over both Fox and his other properties, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, et cetera, even he has to understand that 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 he's lost control of this machine. And there are a few of those text messages where he sounds panicked that the audience will abandon him. And when he said, you know, when he was asked, could you have done something? He said, yes, but I didn't. I mean, the reason he didn't, and we know why he didn't, is he wanted to, he wanted to hold that base. He wanted to desperately cling to those numbers. I mean, so at this point in his in his career in his life, you know, Lachlan is supposed to step in on this, but Rupert is still quite clearly like calling the shots. What do you think the internal politics and the dynamics with the Dominion case, first off, but also the sort of broad future of what does the network do once Rupert goes? I think that I don't think it changes as much as people might think it might. Oh no, I don't. I don't think so at all. I mean, I think this idea that his sons are some. I mean, obviously You're one James of them is now is, yeah. is sort of moved on to move, James has moved on to other things. But the idea that you know Lanchin is has a different political perspective, I, I think, is really um, uh, you know that's dismantled through these right, text messages. Right. And, and I think what's important is although they are Republican partisans. Mm-hmm. And all, although they are do have you know right wing and embrace right wing politics, that's not principally what is motivating Rupert or anyone in his family. What is motivating them is mm-hmm. money and keeping those ratings as high as possible. So they could do whatever right, they right. want. I mean, they could have gone and and perhaps they should have. I mean, I would say they should have. You know, right after. Uh, you know, the, the November election and say, look, we've looked into it. We have had a team, you know, scour all of these accusations. And right now we don't see any evidence of it. If we, if we see any evidence of it, we'll let you know. And they could have just tried to cut Trump off right there and just let the chips fall Mm -hmm. where they may. But that's not at all what they wanted to do because they knew that that would impact their business. So they've, they've made their choice. Now, I, I think that that choice could have legal rep- repercussions. And also, it may not be sustainable over time because what happens as, you know, Trump also is not going to be around forever. So what happens as this as this move for- as this moves forward? And I think that's a difficult balancing mm-hmm. act that they're mm-hmm. playing, sort of trying to be friendly enough to DeSantis that if DeSantis ends up being the nominee, they'll have a good relationship with him and have, you know, that access and bring in his followers, but not so friendly to DeSantis that they're going to anger Trump and lose Trump's people. And so just as Mm -hmm. that balance is difficult for many people in the Republican Party right now, I also think it's creating um, a lot of friction in on Fox as far as how they deal. Yeah. I I heard that a, a, that, DeSantis had told a major donor a, f- a few weeks ago, very confidently, I am, I'm going to be their guy. They're never letting him back on the air. It'll never happen. They'll never say a good thing about him. And, you know, shortly thereafter, he had Tucker talking about Trump in East Palestine. He's saying, oh, he was engaging with the people. I, I have a feeling that, that the, the pull of the audience retention is going to be so powerful that, that they'll make the turn back toward Trump and they'll try to, they'll sort of invert where they are now, which right now it's, they're very pro DeSantis and sort of mild Trump, but I think they'll make the turn and go to, you know, pro Trump again and mildly DeSantis. So one of the things that a lot of people are curious about, 
Um, and I've, I don't know, you, I know you have been a, a real leader on this and people ask me about it all the time. And I know they ask you about it all the time. It's like, what do we do? How do we, you know, put pressure on Fox? And, and I often tell people, I'm like, stop trying to do advertiser boycotts because that's not where the money is. And, and explain to people how Fox makes its money and how this system um, has worked out for them where even though they've lost a lot of, of, of mainstream advertisers and the night side particularly looks like ads for MyPillow, you know, canned goods and gold, um, that they're still making a huge amount of bank. Everybody's got a morning ritual. I know I do. And I want to feel like I'm getting my day going. I want to feel like I'm moving. And more than coffee sometimes, it's making sure you're clean, squared away, put together. You can get your day started by upping your shave game with Harry's sleekest razor yet, the craft handle. I like to use it because I've got to shave this giant dome of mine every day. So I got to keep it shiny. I have a beard, but I keep my neck clean front and back, do all the miscellaneous trimming. And the new craft handle, it actually is a lot more precision, at least that I found, with the new grip. I really like it a lot. You'll be getting quality shaving for a really amazing price. For now, they're offering the craft handle starter set for 10 bucks. It's a $17 value, so this is something you really should try. And if you don't like it, it's on them, guys. They stand behind the product. They guarantee it. How can you get a hold of the craft handle, the latest, greatest from Harry's? It's simple. Get it delivered to your door for 10 bucks at harrys.com slash enemies list. That's harrys.com slash enemies list. Yeah, it's really fascinating you know, to have a network where you know, you've got Tucker Carlson, three, three and a half, four million mm-hmm. people a night. And, you know, it really is my pillow ads and, and other kinds of scams and, and things like that. But yet Fox News still is extremely profitable. And it really comes down to the fact that most of their money, the majority of their money comes from carriage right. fees, which is the amount of money that the cable providers need to pay them per subs- per subscriber whether or not they watch fox news you know you have to pay a certain number of dollars per mm-hmm. subscriber now there's nothing nefarious about that because you know all a lot of all the sure. networks have that you know if you have fx if you have espn they all have carriage fees what fox has done though is negotiated very high carriage fees right relative to their audience size uh, because uh, I don't know how they've been able to do that, but they've been able to do it. It may be because they recognize that they have a very loyal audience who's going to be quite upset if, if they drop mm-hmm. them, you know, if they got dropped from um, the, the, the cable right. provider. I, I think what's interesting and where there is the potential to start to erode Fox News's economic power, because much of its economic power comes from people who never mm-hmm. watch Fox News and, it, and who might loathe Fox News, but yet they are still subsidizing Tucker Carlson's salary, right. subsidizing all, all these folks because of, because of their carriage fees. And what's interesting is, you know, you have different options now. Like you can go and get uh, effectively a cable-like package of channels and get it streamed over the internet. Now, right now, all of those packages also cover Fox News. It's 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 not really doing anything. But you could imagine, especially as we learn more and more about just how 
nefarious the tactics are right. of Fox News. That it, you know, it's not just you know a pro. You know, the, it's not just like they have a pro Republican balance uh, uh, bias. There's there's really nothing wrong with that. You know, we have sure. we have media. There's there's shows that are have a pro Democratic yeah. bias, and that's fine. For People sure. can know what to ask for. But just the fact that they're really purposely misleading and uh, their audience with things that they actually do not believe themselves right. and and really have disdain for, you know, that's a whole nother uh, can of worms. And you could imagine a situation where somebody offers a package over the internet that gives you all of the things, all the different channels that you like, but does not include Fox News, just as an you option. Um, and if something like that were to pick up steam, that could really have a, a big impact, much more than the individual advertisers just because uh, many of those advertisers have have gone away you know, already, uh, especially from prime time, which is the most valuable. That, that idea of of a la carte choices. I spoke to a lobbyist one time who represented Fox among other major sort of uh, broadcast and telecom players, and I asked him. I said, "So, what would happen if you know a bill came to the floor?" That was, you know, had a had a real prospect of passing. That said to the cable companies, "Nope, you got to go a la carte. You've got to offer people what they want. You got to let them select." And he told me this is years ago. This is really even a little before a little before twenty, a little before twenty twenty. I guess twenty nineteen sometime. And he said Rupert would literally spend every single dime he had. He would sell the building. He would do everything he possibly could. He would buy every member of Congress in order to stop that because they, and and you are correct. You pointed out something very interesting. It's like no one really understands how they went in, in the last round of negotiations and said, our carriage fee is going to be basically four times what other people are getting, even, even though it, it was an absurdity. And so that's like the bullet that, that could actually kill Fox. Because if, if the millions and millions and millions of Americans who are subsidizing them at a higher rate than they are subsidizing MSNBC or CNN or anybody else, um, I think they could they would vote with their feet pretty rapidly in that case. Yeah, and I I think that the other thing that, that of course is a problem for Fox News and it's but it's not just Fox News as for everyone is that the audience of these cable networks is very yes. old. You know, it's a very it's it, for in Fox News's case, it's quite large, uh, and and obviously an older audience is quite useful politically because older people tend to vote more frequently. So if you you know, although they're less, it's less valuable for advertisers. If you're a politician, uh, those are just exactly the people you want to talk to because you know they're going to be voting every single election. Um, but as that uh, group ages out, you know, and and you have a younger audience, a new generation coming in who's maybe less likely to care about cable news at all may never watch right. cable news. Um, you know, that could be a rebalancing. Yeah. Um, now that's going to be, that's a, that's a long process. I don't know where we'll be. There's still um, a lot of, there's still that, a lot of boomers, my parents age, you know, in their, in their late seventies, early eighties who are, you know, the, the guts of Fox. People sixty five plus are the are the Fox audience, right? I mean, it's it's, and the irony is, when it started, Rupert and Roger were trying to attract a younger, like a young, the younger end of the demo when they started back in ninety six, ninety seven, and now it is it is the very peak 
it is the very, very higher end of the demo. Yeah. And I just think that the, the cable bundle is becoming, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll be able to do what you describe, which is sort of, you know, keep the hammer down on this and make sure that people don't have options as to what they can do with their cable bundle. But there's a lot of people and those, those people are going to comprise more and more of the total audience who have just opted out of the whole system. And once you get out of that sort of idea where you've got one company who's providing kind of all your video uh, content, um, it becomes more, it becomes harder to control and harder to sort of force people to pay for things that they don't want, which is kind of the secret sauce of the Fox machine. Mm-hmm. A loyal audience who's who's tuning in to make, so if you're Comcast, if you're AT&T, you, know, you can't lose the three, four million people who would do watch Fox News every night and would go absolutely berserk if it wasn't available to them. Plus a huge audience of folks who wouldn't, who never turn on Fox News, but who are paying them large amounts of money. It's basically the only people who, who you pay more for are like an ESPN and those sports channels. They're paying billions right. of dollars for, you know, with the rights to air these things. Fox News doesn't, doesn't have any of those costs. I mean, they're not paying billions of dollars uh, no, for anything. No. Um, yeah, they're just they're just pointing a camera at Tucker Carlson or Laura Ingram or whatever. You know, it's very inexpensive. Um, you know, relative to you know sports or right. you know creating a drama or a comedy or whatever. I mean that that has real costs. Fox News is very cheap. I mean, even though they pay their hosts a lot of money, still yeah. that's it basically. Uh, so. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting the way um, the way that it it plays out. I think you know Tucker's response, which you alluded to, was interesting, where he just kind of ignores you know the text message and what he says and just starts heaping praise uh, onto right. Trump. You know, maybe that'll work. It, and the, the psychology of the psychology of these people, the, this hostage situation that they're in, uh, it's going to play out with it's particularly as they have to roll back onto Trump. And I, I hope that people will continue to question like. So Tucker, now you love him, then you, you hate him, you love him, you hate him, you love him. What are you, Ike Turner? I mean, this is not, this is a weird, it's a weird spot um, for a lot of the Republicans out there. Um, talk a little bit about, I, I know we just, we just, you know, ran through the fact that the, that the, that the carriage fee is what, where Fox makes its money, but advertisers are getting more nervous about Fox across the board, not just not just in the night side, in the day side as well, right? They're, they've, they've had a they've had a sort of qualitative drop off of of major brands, but there's still some that are sticking with them. Yeah, uh, I think that's right. I think what really the way that this has worked is that Fox News has been able to insulate themselves somewhat because although people left, you know, maybe they left Tucker Carlson or Laura Ingram mm-hmm. after various you know controversies where they, you know, were xenophobic or, you know, what all, all Mon- sorts of things. Monstrous in some random but way. <laughs> Fox News has had, yeah. Fox News has had enough inventory and they've been able to say, okay, well, we'll just shift those ads over into the daytime side where we still have a good audience and there's some space there. So you'll still spend mm-hmm. X million with us. And we'll, so it didn't have as big of an impact, but I think what you're starting to see from this lawsuit is that the problems are endemic throughout the entire organization, starting with Rupert Murdoch himself. 
You know, you also had Brett Baer, who I think is probably the closest person, you know, if you're going to point to anyone on air who's, you know, reasonably fair as far as how he's presenting the news, you know, you, you could probably watch Brett Baer and not quite realize you were watching Fox if they didn't have the bottom part of it, you know, right, for 20 right, minutes right. or so. Um, and, and you may not realize, you you know, you're watching a propaganda network. But even he, you know, was very upset that Fox News, through this sophisticated um, modeling uh, mm-hmm. program that they apparently invested in called Arizona for Biden and was actually encouraging them not only to reverse the call, but to put it in Trump's right. column. I mean, it was just all, you know, it was just really far out there for, for someone who you think is, is fair. So I think that's causing, you know, this, although Fox viewers don't know how much contempt, uh, you know, their, uh, the the hosts and, and the people who work there have for their audience, the, the advertisers do. And, and I do think that that's starting to erode uh, their ability to attract advertisers. Now, I think that these advertisers also don't want to make a lot of announcements right. because that could, could you know, activate that the also mob. <laughs> hurt you. Yeah. Activate. So, so you're not hearing a lot of that, but I do think, you know, the, the dominion lawsuit was a turning point as far as, really being able to isolate prime time and just shift around the, mm-hmm. the spend as as people get nervous. And I do think that there are advertisers, major brand advertisers who are saying, at the very least, maybe we want to take a pause uh, on Fox News as we wait to see how this uh, lawsuit uh, plays out. So one last question, and I'll let you get moving here. One of my interesting things that, you know, people know Rupert Murdoch, they know Tucker Carlson. They don't know a lot of the people that are running the operation behind the scenes. They don't know Suzanne Scott. They don't know Arena Briganti. They don't know Raj Shah. In a lot of ways, these people were even more spectacularly hypocritical. These are the professionals. These are, these are grown adults. They're not, they're not show ponies like Tucker or Sean. Um, and they recognize what was going on at their network much more clearly than 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 the the rest of them have wanted to admit. Yeah, I do think that was striking. You know, both their de- the decisions that those folks made and their views of right. the audience. You know, a lot of real disparaging comments about the Fox mm-hmm. News audience, mm-hmm. but still making the ultimate decision to go ahead and and pander to their worst instincts as well. But but I think it really the issue is is that it comes from the top. You know, they knew as top executives at Fox News that their job depended on maintaining yep. the ratings. Suzanne Scott is if the ratings decrease appreciably over an extended period. Of course, there's fluctuations. And and I think Rupert Murdoch is sophisticated enough to understand that. But if you had a long-term and significant decline in ratings, Suzanne Scott would not have a job. And and the other executives would be out of a job too, because that is the priority. So they knew what they needed to do to get the ratings because they're looking at they're looking at the data, they're they're seeing Newsmax you know, picking up momentum, um, especially in those days after November, I think you had Newsmax, you know, 
kind of getting very close to mm-hmm. Fox News ratings in certain instances, you know, picking up a lot of audiences who were flipping over there because they wanted to hear, you know, Mike Lindell rant for 30 <laughs> minutes about uh, the ghost of Hugo Chavez but, manipulating voting machines. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> They've embedded in every voting machine. Um, so, so I think that, you know, I think ultimately I, I do think that that was fascinating that there weren't any professionals to say, Hey, look, you know, this is going to cost us some ratings, but we need to look over the long term or maybe a lawyer who would say, uh, hey, we can't just go and make wild claims about right. uh, big companies and and expect to get away with it. Uh, but nobody was doing that. There really were no. There really is no one who was willing or able to stand right. up to Rupert Murdoch, and that's ultimately why Fox News finds itself in the position that it's well, in. Well, Judd Legum, as always, my friend, it is great to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on the enemies list today. And uh, tell people where they can find you on social media and and what else, what else you're working on right now. Well, let's see. Um, you can find me on social media at Judd Legum, L-E-G-U-M, on Twitter. And uh, also all my work at popular.info. That's where um, I post my newsletter and where you can subscribe. You know, I'm working on a lot of things. I'm spending a lot of time uh, in Florida. I think that, you know, not in Florida physically, but <laughs> but, but reported in Florida. Um, I think that there's a, a lot of fascinating things um, that are happening. You know, what I was working on mm-hmm. before I popped on the program today is that they're looking at the social studies books um, in Florida. That's going to come out April right. 1st. You know, DeSantis had a big press conference saying it was a myth that they were trying to restrict uh, the way uh, that people talk about uh, African-American history. Uh, and so we're going to see it in a couple of weeks. So I think it'll be interesting to see how well, this it is plays a, out. Uh, Florida is a, is a, as someone who is physically here in Florida, I can tell you the, um, the, the, the crazy level is rising rapidly. And with two uh, leading Republican candidates in the great state of Florida right now, they are getting, uh, the knives are out. <laughs> so, well, Judd, thanks yeah. again. And I yeah. uh, hope to talk to you very soon. Appreciate you. See you soon. This week's entry on the enemies list will surprise absolutely no one. It's you, Donald. It's always you. Not to mangle Taylor Swift too badly, but it is really you. You're the problem. It's you. So Trump is right now, as everyone in America knows, under a whole plethora of indictments and rising investigations and legal challenges. The one that's happening in New York right now with Alvin Bragg, the New York district attorney, bringing a case against Trump related to the Stormy Daniels matter and falsifying business records and so on and so forth. I'll skip all the legal stuff around it, but it's a warm up act. And Donald Trump has gone out and essentially called on his followers to rise up to take to the streets, to flood the zone with human a human wave attack on American democracy. Sound familiar? It should. It's exactly what that fucker did on January 6th. And so far, we're not seeing the same kind of tidal wave. And I think it partly comes from the fact that an awful lot of the people that heeded the call on 1-6 learned to their uh, painful uh, elucidation that uh, they went to jail or they're on parole, or they're on probation, or they've paid a penalty. Now, 
Trump is free to express himself in any way he chooses. It's the First Amendment. Even he gets that coverage. And he's free to have a, a, a trial that's fair and have counsel and all the other things that every other American gets. But the entire predicate of Trump, that he doesn't have to obey the law, that the law is beneath him, that he is immune from consequence and accountability, is so fundamentally wired into every single bit of Trump and Trumpism that it's really important to understand just how dangerous the the idea that Trump doesn't have to go on trial, that Trump doesn't have to appear in court, that an indictment was doesn't matter to Trump, that none of those things are relevant or important, and that he has a special secret sauce because he got 74 million votes that protects him from a court of law. Well, Donald, you are eternally at the peak of the enemies list, as you are well aware. And the fact that you're calling for your people to come out and physically block it, the fact that you have broken... Uh, and listen, I got, Donald, I will give you one little tiny sliver of recognition this week. You showed America that you control the Republican Party from top to bottom because you've turned the House of Representatives into a weapon in your in your efforts to try to stay out of jail and to stay out of have legal consequences. Um, and you broke every single Republican candidate. Bravo. Bravo. Every single one of them bent the knee. They're also on the enemies list, but you, my friend, are the peak and you always will be. And I would tell you to get your shit together, but honestly, I'd rather just see you in a federal supermax. This has been The Enemies List. And if you've been enraged or engaged or enlivened by this week's episode, let's do something about it. This podcast is part of Resolute Square, a new front in the war to preserve democracy. We were looking for a place to fight back against the MAGA media, and this is it. In addition to this podcast and many others, each week, Resolute Square members will sit down with me and other founders for an intimate meeting of the minds, talking about what's really going on behind the curtain of American politics and analyzing the minds and the motivations of the people that are shaping this country's future, good and bad, along with exclusive analysis and insight from our newsletters, which are anything but conventional wisdom. And yes, we'll also have merch to make the MAGA heads in your life furious and more. Become a partner in this fight at ResoluteSquare.com slash enemies. And folks, if you could like, subscribe, and rate the podcast, I would be enormously grateful. And I cannot tell you how grateful and how heartfelt your support has been for this podcast and for these conversations. And we look forward to many, many more. Thanks again. And remember, whatever you do, stay off the list.